Welcome back to The Right Hook with George Hook, huddled here as I am in a studio with four uh, sweaters on after, of course, the wonderful temperatures of my holiday. However, I'm sure the temperature's going to rise because Bill Hughes is with me and he's got the essential songs of a year. Now, the year's crucial. If I'm interested in the music, this will become quite an interesting conversation. If I'm not interested in the music, it becomes a soliloquy by Mr. Hughes and I snooze in the corner. Give me a year. If only a soliloquy could ever happen on this show, but it can't, because in spite of your best efforts, you still have to butt in. It's 1979. I'm okay. Okay, I'm good. okay. And I'm relieved. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm still sort of in the hole of my health, you know. Mm. Still a bit of testosterone flowing around, you know. In 1979? Yeah. Yeah, I was just on the verge of coming back to Ireland after my years at drama school in England. All right, now 1979, I haven't quite sunk into financial obscurity, but things are getting a bit dodgy. Uh, So what's happening on the music front? On the music front, there was a huge torch song that came out and uh, by a wonderful American singer, Gloria Gaynor, I know what this is. This was my anthem. I'm going bust. And every time I got up in the morning to face the creditors, I would sing, I bet you I will survive. Absolutely. Well, that was my anthem. I will survive. And here I am today, living proof of same. Well, it's really funny because the other songs in Gloria Gaynor's canon that she's well known for probably are suitable to be adopted by your life story. <laughs> I never can say goodbye is one and I am what I am is another. <laughs> so, so her hits are very targeting you, you know. All right, okay. So I Will Survive, hit song first performed by the American singer Gloria Gaynor, written by Freddie Perrin and Dino Fakaris. Now, Freddie Perrin became really famous because he was spotted as a talented songwriter by Berry Gordy and he was made one of the staff writers at Motown, the hit corporation. They were called the corporation and among the songs they wrote as a corporation were I Want You Back, for the Jackson 5 and then all the subsequent Jackson 5 hits like ABC The Love You Save Mama's Peril like he he had a tremendous career as a songwriter um, but later on he wrote this incredible anthem and uh, it became a kind of a torch song for women uh, at the time the end of the 70s where women had got a great sense of their own worth and identity and had stood up to the powers that be went looking for, you know, equal wages, equal rights in the workplace and a bit of respect and started getting hammers to the glass ceilings that existed. So I Will Survive meant so much more than just being a disco anthem. It was such a a song of defiance and of self-reliance and a real statement song. And for Gloria Gaynor to be able to belt it out, it became... A, a huge anthem. Right, now, such was the effect that it's quite extraordinary. I mean, you think of all the music I've heard and everything else. I, I'm at the top of Kill Lane. Traffic lights are red. I turn right onto the Bray Road at Foxhawk Church and I heard 
Gloria Gaynor and I will survive for the first time. And I can remember that as clear as day because this song is very big in my head. Oh, very good. Very good. Yeah. Will we listen or not? Oh, let's have a listen. Have a listen. Gloria Gaynor and I will survive. But then I spent so many nights thinking how you did me wrong And I grew strong And I learned how to get along And so you're back from out of space I just walked in to find you here with that sad look upon your face I should have changed that stupid lock I should have made you leave your key If I'd have known for just one second you'd be back to bother me There it is, the great Gloria Gaynor, and I will survive. Bill Hughes is with me with an armful of discs from 1979. Uh, Choice number two? Choice number two, I'm going back to November 1979, because in November I got to see a concert in in 1979 at uh, Bingley Hall in Stafford, I was living in Birmingham, went on the train and I went to Bingley Hall in Stafford to see Earth, Wind and Fire really? live. There's, a, there's a, a road in Birmingham called Bingley Road. Uh, yeah, but Hagley Road is the main road. Hagley, oh, right. Hagley Road is the big road. That's where right. I lived just off that when oh, I was did there. You? I did. But um, Earth, Wind and Fire, an incredible band, American band. They spanned the musical genres of R&B, soul, funk, jazz, disco, pop, rock, Latin, African. These guys could do it all. They could play it all. And the song was written by Morris White, Al McKay and Ali Willis. They're one of the most successful uh, bands and, and one of the most critically acclaimed bands of the 20th century. They've been inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. 
They've won. They've been in the Vocal Group Hall of Fame. They have a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. They've sold a hundred million records. And how do I not? Why are they not in my head? I don't know, but I think they might be too funky for you. They're, right, they're kind okay. of funky. They okay. really are. Okay. They've had a lot of in the seventies and eighties. Now they had a lot of hits. Shining Star. That's the way of the world. Devotion. Uh, Boogie Wonderland. After the love is gone. Let's groove tonight. And this song, September. September, it's really funny. I was away recently. It came on the audio system when we were having lunch. And I naturally started to, while I was eating my lunch, I said, but the woman at the next table started to do, <laughs> and the two of us just had a laugh. She said, Earth, Wind and Fire. I was like, yes. And it was Earth, Wind and Fire, September. This song came on. And they're known for being the first African-American act to sell out Madison Square Garden. And when President Barack Obama uh, had his first social event of the new administration at the White House, they were asked to perform. Um, these guys can really do it. You know, they, they're wonderful instrumentalists, wonderful singers, great tight harmonies, big sound. It's a big sound. And I'm sure you will know this song when you All hear right. it. All right, well, we might as well try it. Uh, it's Earth, Wind and Fire in September.
amazing, isn't it? How Gloria Gaynor I remember so well, mm-hmm. and I don't remember Earth, Wind and Fire at all. So who's next? Who's next? The Irish boys. The Irish boys who swept to the top of the British charts. This was their second number one. Oh. Their first number one was Rat Trap. Their second number one, I don't like Mondays, it's the Boomtown Rats from 1979. I remember this. Do you? Yeah. Yeah. Great lineup. Uh, obviously, Bob Geldof, the main man, the singer, the songwriter of this particular song, uh, and the original lineup Gary Roberts on lead guitar, Johnny Fingers on keyboard, Pete Briquette on bass guitar, Jerry Cott on guitar, and Simon Crow on drums. All Irish. All Irish. All right. Okay. And a tremendous bunch of guys. And, and were um, they all at school together, aren't they? No? Uh, there was a mix of how they gathered. Because Geldof was Black Rock College. He certainly was. He certainly was. Was. A fantastic band who had an amazing but short-lived career, but it didn't matter because they made such a splash. And uh, they they just, I don't know, there was something about them. So for four weeks during the summer of 1979, they just dominated. So Geldof has really parlayed a pretty short career into a very long career in a way, on yeah. an individual basis. He still writes really good Good songs, I think. I I like him. I think he's a poet, and I think he's a poet with a great sense of rhythm. And really? uh, I do I do appreciate him as an artist. But they were the first uh, Irish band to reach number one in the UK. The first of any description by an Irish band to top the official chart used by the BBC. I don't like Mondays. It's a it's quite a disturbing song in light of. You know, this was an unusual event in that it was about a mass killing at a college. And now they've just become almost everyday occurrences in, in the States. But they were giving a, a, a radio interview in Georgia and there was a telex report coming in on the telex machine beside Geldof as he was talking to the DJ and they were all having a chat around the mic. And he saw this report about... Grover Cleveland Elementary School in San Diego on the 29th of January 1979 that uh, there was Brenda Ann Spencer. She had opened fire at children in a school playground. She killed two adults and injured eight children and a police officer. And she showed no remorse for her crime and her full explanation for her action was I don't like Monday's this livens thing, things up. Wow. And Geldof saw that written down and it just made such an impression and a mark on him that he went off and wrote, the, wrote this song, I Don't Like Mondays. So my father hated this song and it wouldn't, whenever it came on the TV or whenever it came on the radio, he would like literally move to turn it off. He couldn't listen to it because the visual idea oh, of somebody, yeah, right. you know, he, yeah. he couldn't divorce the two. He couldn't just see it as a song. So yeah, I can remember the sound of it, but it, it doesn't mean anything to me in my life, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. But I certainly remember the song, The Boomtown Rats, led, of course, by Bob Geldof, and the song, I Don't Like Mondays. Chip 
gonna make them stay at home Daddy doesn't understand it He always said she was good as gold And he can see no reasons Cause there are no reasons What reason do you need to be shown? there you have it, the Boomtown Rats. I don't like Mondays. I recognised it and remember hearing it. Wouldn't like it. They mm. weren't my kind of music, obviously, you know. Listen, let's go to number four from 1979. So far, you've only hit me with one. The Great Glory Again or I Will Survive. Can you get a second out I'm here, hoping, maybe? I'm hoping because this particular song, it's 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 great fun. It's really associated with a lot of sporting uh, occasions. People get up and do it in the bleachers. People do perform to this song absolutely. And uh, there's even a, a Guinness uh, World Book of Records when forty four thousand people danced to the song with the village people singing live at the 2008 Sun Bowl game in El Paso, Texas. This is YMCA. Oh, I, I seem to remember it. Yeah, I'd be interested to listen to it. They, the the Sun Bowl, of course, is a football game. Yeah, yeah, in El Paso. Yeah, and everybody got up and, and danced, and they got yeah. into the Guinness. You Book don't of want records. to go to El Paso, even if uh, <laughs> Earth, Wind, and Fire were playing. Really? No. There's places in Texas you just don't want to go. But there's places you have to go to. But like I went because of my affection for Buddy Holly. Like I went to Lubbock, you know. Lubbock is fun. I went there because of Joe Eli, actually. I wanted to go and hear him in his local bar playing his rock and blues. Of course, you went to all these rubbish towns as well. Excuse me. I went to San Antonio. Beautiful. Come on. I I went to Austin. Beautiful. I went to Houston. Great city. As long as it's not summertime. I went to Dallas. 
Well, yeah. his sister used to live there. So All anyway, right, okay. listen, we're getting off the this track. This crowd, yeah. anyway, is village people. <laughs> the village people. And the and village people were very funny. British, were they? Uh, no, American. They were All put right. together, you know, it was the cop, uh, the Indian, the the leather man. It, it was uh, the builder. It was kind of, a, 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 it was very much a joke that was put together that they were appealing to uh, a gay audience. and oh, they And they crossed it's over. It's a gay song. It's, no, it's, well... It, it has become a gay song, right. but it's not just a gay song. Because if you were gay, you certainly wouldn't be allowed into the YMCA. Well, you wouldn't. Are you going to? Who's going to stop you? But you know <laughs> what the YMCA is. I know what the uh, YMCA is because they threatened to sue the band over using the song. I wouldn't blame them. I wouldn't blame them. <laughs> and the now, trademark the YMCA, version. lest there be anybody who doesn't, it's the Young Men's Christian Association. Yeah. YMCA exists in Ireland. Great hockey cricket mm-hmm. club, YMCA. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but the, the, the song, it remains really popular. It's played at lots of sporting events in the US and the crowds usually get up and dance with their arms used to spell out the four letters of the YMCA. If you ever get on television, <laughs> you're going to be great. Because nobody knows what the hell you're doing with I, your hands. I, so I, anybody you're that knows spelling YMCA anybody that know, I was just doing the spelling. So any, if you put your hands out stretched above your head, it's Y. Yeah. M, you kind of fix it on top of your head. You do a Mo Farah. Yeah, you do oh, a Mo, yeah, Mo Farah. That's do brilliant. <laughs> yeah. C, you tilt to the yeah. side like a big C for and coffee. A. And then A, it's just a pyramid above your, you know. Oh, kind of prayer. Yeah, yeah, and away you go. And uh, so the song is another one of the 40 songs that have sold 10 million physical copies. Yes. This is such a feel-good song. All the listeners are going to know of this song, George. You're going to be the only one not at the party. You're going to be the only one with your hands down by your side. And you're like an old Irish dancer. You have to put them up and wave. This is about there was a chicken song one time where you had to do all kind of movements. Please don't equate the chicken song with this. But it was a chicken song, wasn't it? (laughs) There was a chicken song, yeah, yeah. All right, well. Birdie uh, song. The birdie, yeah. Uh, Bill Hughes, Central (laughs) Songs of what year? 19 and 79. We're closing with Village People and YMCA. We're going to the saner world in a few moments of kickstarting another business with Jared Tannum. But I've no doubt Bill Hughes is going to be spelling out YMCA for the next five minutes. Here we go. I'm 
Walk up 